Amen. With every blow of the wind, praise God. But he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. Praise the Lord. Can I get a witness tonight? He's the same forevermore. Praise God. And his hand is unchanging. Amen. How many is excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Our junior church may be dismissed. Our junior church may be dismissed tonight. I meant to do that during one of those verses. But, you know, you get a little excited singing about the Lord. So I want you to turn with me this beautiful, terrific Tuesday evening. To the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew being the 20th chapter. And I just want to read one verse of scripture tonight. Matthew, the 20th chapter. And verse 8. I sought the Lord this week about the direction of this body. Amen. And I feel like God's people just need to be reassured tonight. Amen. Sometimes you just need to be reassured. You You don't need to be wild all the time. Come on, if if goosebumps is all you're looking for, heaven ain't for you. Amen. But uh, sometimes we just need to be reassured of who we are, who we serve, and what we're called to do. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I do want to thank the Lord tonight before I get into his word for a very special guest. Amen. I have my daughter, Brianna. Barkley with us. It's still hard for me to say that. Praise God. Still hard for me to say that. But uh, she's visiting with us from Brother Gossage's church, and uh, we're thankful to have her tonight. I'm honored. I, I told her we was going to leave the house. I said, Sis, you want to go to church with Dad tonight? I said, I'm preaching. She said, All right, if you're preaching, I'll go to church with you. I still got one fan in this place. Praise the Lord. Well, not in this place, in that place. Praise God. Hopefully, I got one left here, too. But I want to turn your attention tonight to the book of Matthew, the 20th chapter and the 8th verse. Shout out, yes, if you're there. If you don't have your Bibles, the words are provided for you up on the screen. Behind us, we find ourselves in our text tonight reading one of the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. The parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Matthew 20 and verse 8, the word of the Lord, the word of the king says, amen. So when even was come, and the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, call the laborers. Turn to your neighbor and say, call the laborers. The Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire beginning from the last unto the first. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a few moments on this beautiful Tuesday evening. Amen. Falls upon us. Amen. It's cooling off. The 
This weekend's the first weekend of deer season. Somebody shout yes. Amen. And uh, so we're, we're thankful, amen, to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful, cool fall evening. Amen. I tell you, there's only two times to serve God and to worship God. That's when you feel like it and when you don't. And I, tonight I feel like it. You all feel like it tonight? Amen. I want to preach to this body for just a few moments on this very simple topic. I hope you can get a hold of this. This is deep. Accepting the call. Accepting the call. Lay your Bibles down in your seats. Let's offer up a praise offering unto the Lord tonight. Come on, you clap those hands together. Magnify the Lord with me. How many is thankful? To be in the house of the Lord. How many is thankful for an opportunity to be in a midweek service tonight? How many is thankful that the Lord's still providing for you? The Lord's still touching you. The Lord's still ministering to you. The Lord's still healing you. The Lord is still, oh, he's still loving you tonight. I love him. I appreciate his goodness and his mercy. Amen. And tonight... I want to not just remind this body. I want to remind myself, may God help me if I ever fail to accept his call. Accepting the call tonight. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Don't sit down on the Holy Ghost tonight. We're going to have a good time in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I want to speak to this body tonight on accepting the call. Accepting the call. It was one of the greatest small boat rescues in the history of the United States Coast Guard. I borrowed a story tonight for the beginning of this message to this body from a book called The Finest Hours. It's a story of a very uh, outstanding and amazing rescue performed by the United States Coast Guard. It's, it went down in history as one of the greatest rescues of the United States Coast Guard. On the night of February the 18th, 1952, a very ferocious snowstorm came roaring into uh, Cape Cod. And Cape Cod was already a dangerous place. The waves are already rough. Um, it didn't need a snowstorm to make it a dangerous place to sail. Uh, Cape Cod has always been a dangerous place uh, to sail. And, but on this night, there was a tremendous snowstorm came roaring into Cape Cod, amen, and into this dangerous place. In fact, it's often referred to uh, by sailors as the graveyard of the Atlantic. The graveyard of the Atlantic, and, and it's named that for a good reason. There are more than 3,000 shipwrecks that are scattered across the ocean floor in the region and in the area of Cape Cod. Many boats have uh, been broken by the tumultuous sea. Many boats have sank in this region, and this storm was an exceptional storm. This storm was a raging 
storm. The storm was so ferocious that it generated waves that were reaching to the height of 60 feet tall. Now, to put that into perspective, we're talking about waves. How many have been to the ocean? We're talking about waves that are the height of a six-story building. This is not one of those little waves where it comes and you just jump up with it a little bit as it comes. I mean, you know, you go to the beaches. You ever do that? Yeah, no, this ain't one of those waves. This, these, waves were, these waves were real. These waves were destructive. These waves were 60 feet tall, uh, as tall as a six-story building. Amen. And uh, during this tremendous storm, there was a pair of oil tankers that were traveling through the region in the same vicinity. Uh, they were not together. They were not traveling together, uh, but they were in the same vicinity when the storm came. The first of the oil tankers uh, was broken in half under the uh, assault of the sea, uh, the tremendous waves that crashed down upon it, and uh, quickly this huge tanker was broken in half. But just before this huge tanker was broken in half, it was able and it managed to send out a distress call to the U.S. Coast Guard. But the second ship was not so lucky. Uh, Everything happened so fast before they realized the storm was upon them. The boat was already broken in half. There was no time for a mayday. There was no time for a distress call. There was, how many know that sometimes life comes at us so fast we can barely even get out? Jesus! Uh, Sometimes life comes so fast and so hard, we don't even have time to think about asking God to see us through the storm. The storm's already upon us. Amen. In this second tanker, which was the case, the storm was upon them so fast the boat was already broken in half. There was no time for a mayday. There was no time for a distress call. But very quickly, this boat was broken in half, and it left 33 men fighting for their lives in the midst of 60-foot waves, grabbing a hold of anything you can imagine in your mind. How many ever watch shows or read books about people who are stranded at sea? And, my God, I always think in my mind, what a horrible way to die, to be stranded at sea just trying to get a hold of anything you can. And in my mind, I can see these 33 sailors out in the midst of this tumultuous sea and I can see them grabbing and reaching and trying to get their hands a hold of anything and here they are they're left helplessly drifting in the raging sea amen and the coast guard received the call from the first tanker they quickly responded and uh, began to uh, dispatch the ship's out into the ocean, and uh, they rallied the troops, if you will, and they began to see, send people out and dispatch people, and, and, and they, they're quickly racing to get out into this storm to try to rescue the people on this tanker that has sent out a May Day. But nobody had any idea from the Coast Guard that there was a second tanker. 
out in the midst of the ocean, out in the midst of this in the midst of this storm in the sea. Amen. For all they knew, there was just one tanker out there, but an airplane that was sent out, uh, dispatched from the Coast Guard, quickly realized that seen a boat that was broken in half, and it seen the sailors in the midst of the sea. So it quickly responds back to the United States Coast Guard, and it begins to tell them uh, there's not just uh, one. It's it's out there to assist in the recovery efforts. It's out there to help find the people and rescue them out of the sea. When all of a sudden it observes a second boat, a boat that's broken in half already, a boat that didn't have time to send out a May Day. And everybody was in shock. And now they're realizing that there's not just one ship out here in the sea, but there's two ships out here in the sea. And there's not just one um, uh, group of sailors that are fighting for their life, but there's a second group of sailors that are out in the midst of the sea and they're fighting for their life. So very quickly, the commander of the United States Coast Guard he finds himself in a very peculiar situation. He's out of options, and he's out of people, and he's out of boats. Almost all of his boats were dispatched to the first call because they were not expecting a second call. So as he finds himself in a bad situation, he realizes that he doesn't have many options left. The best of his crew is already out on a destination to try to save people. Amen. They've already been dispatched to the first ship that has sank. And so he turns to a young mate that's left there in the office. He turns to a young mate by the name of Bernie Weber. And he says, Bernie Weber, he says, I want you to pick yourself a crew. You can imagine the distress in Bernie Weber's mind and in his heart. You can imagine how he felt. All of the experienced Coast Guardsmen are already out to sea. And here he is, not equipped himself to even run a rescue mission. And not only that, but the commander looks at him and he says, all we have left is this 36-footer. So you're going to take this 36-footer and you're going to pick you some inexperienced men and you're going to go out into the midst of the sea and you're going to try to rescue those men that are going to drown if you don't go. You're going to take a 36-foot boat that would barely survive on on, uh, Lake Michigan and you're going to take it out in the midst of the sea and you're going to face and you're going to drive it into the mouth of 60-foot waves. And now when he realized his orders, Bernie Weber immediately thought, and if you've ever been a part of a service, you've ever been a part of a, of a group, a, a military group, or a police officer's group, or a fireman's group, if you've ever been a part of any of these groups, you realize that they have, uh, they have official uh, motos, and they... And they, they have things that they say and things that they mean and, and things that they repeat. And as he's thinking about what his commander's telling him to do, he remembers immediately the Coast Guard's official motto. And it says, always ready. Always ready. 
always ready. And you can imagine this inexperienced man who doesn't have the ability to run this crew, taking out a group of inexperienced men with him. But he reminds himself of the oath that he took. I'll always be ready. I will always be ready. And when he accepted that mission, he accepted it without hesitation. When the commander said, Bernie Weber, go load that 36-foot boat and drive it into the mouth of that tumultuous sea, he did it without hesitation. And he says, you know what? This is what I took an oath to do. And he turns to his crew And he begins to ask for volunteers. None of them were trained. None of the, all of the experienced sailors were already out to sea. Amen. Almost all of the men were already out to the first rescue. Amen. But that night, Weber assembled an unexperienced team, a ragtag team, if you will. He he gathered a group of men, amen, to sail into the fiercest storm that they had ever seen. How many know sometimes life will throw some fierce storms our way? Sometimes life will throw some fierce storms our way. And know what many people in their mind would have said, why would you do that? That is a pointless thing to do, to throw your life away. Amen. Why would you do that? That's pointless. That is crazy to throw your life away. Amen. But listen, um, it, it was, it was sure to be a wasted effort. How many know, how many have ever faced something in your life and you say, you know what? I'm going to face this, but I know I'm going to lose. I'm going to face this, but I know I'm not going to get the end result that I want. Amen. You can imagine how these sailors must have felt that night. Amen. As they were sent out upon a a mission that they would probably cost them their lives. But can I tell you, the word rescue tonight is a word that erases common sense. Come on. The word rescue tonight is a word that abolishes reason tonight. The word rescue is a word that wipes out all of our our natural calculations. Amen. In their mind, all Bernie Weber knew was there's some folks out there that are going to drown. If I don't get in this 36-foot boat and I don't drive it into the mouth of the sea, I'm the only chance that they got. I got to save them. And you know what? His common sense went out the window. And his, let me tell you his internal instinctives kicked in and he said I got to get out here and I got to save those men that are in that sea God help us if the church ever loses and the church ever misunderstands and the church ever forgets and the church never recognizes the urgency of our day God help us if we don't realize that somebody's going to hell if we don't get in that 36-footer and drive into the mouth of the, of the ocean. I don't care if it's 60-foot waves. We serve a God that's bigger than 60-foot waves tonight. We serve a God that's bigger than drug addiction tonight. We serve a God that's bigger than depression and alcohol and all of these other things tonight. That's what kind of God we serve. God, help us if we ever deny to accept the call and we ever lose the urgency of our day and we ever forget that this is about lost souls. People are going to die. Your family's going to go to hell unless we minister to them. 
lest we take Jesus Christ to them. Unless we, get, unless we help them to repent and to be buried with him in weakness and raised with him in power, except they be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, they're going to die and they're going to bust hell wide open. God, help us if we ever lose the urgency of our day. Amen. But this man was made up in his mind. This man was determined. This man had taken an oath. He was not going to let these men die out in this ocean. Come on, common sense went out the window. Come on, you you can call it adrenaline if you want. And in this natural case, it might be adrenaline. But in our case, we call it anointing. Come on, in our case, we call it empowered. In our case, we call it delivered. In our case, we call it set free by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We are more than conquerors today, and we have what a lost and a dying world needs today. And it's time for the church to get in the boat, and it's time for the church to go out and face the world. And it's time for the church to save the lost today. God, help us if we ever Forget the urgency of our day. God, help us because rescue is a, is a natural word. Let me tell you something. I've been in dire situations where my adrenaline kicked in. I run into the face of danger. I've done what think, things that people would call crazy or stupid because of my adrenaline was racing. Come on, I'm sure many of you have also. But let me tell you something, when it comes to the church, common sense is out the window. Paying your tithes don't make sense, but it'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. It'll remove the curse off of your finances. Common sense goes out the window, and you give to the Lord because the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Come on, common sense would tell us, stay home in the midst of a pandemic. Don't go to church where people might be bringing something in there. Yeah, common sense might tell you that. And listen, your common sense and your doubt might say what if, but my faith says even if, even if I get sick, I'm going to the house of the Lord anyway. Even if somebody brings something in that they shouldn't, I'm going to the house of the Lord anyway because my trust is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Amen. God, help us if we ever lose the urgency of our day. Amen. The word rescue stands upon nothing but courage. Nothing but courage. No doubt in those men's mind, they thought they were going to die that day. No doubt they thought there's no possible way this 36-footer is going to survive these 60-foot waves. I got called out on Lake Potoka one time in a pontoon boat in the midst of a pretty good storm. Let me tell you something. I was no Bernie Weber. Uh-uh. I was no Bernie Weber. You can ask my girls. We was racing that thing. That, I thought I was going to blow that poor motor up, trying to get it back to the dock. And let me tell you something. It, we wasn't in the sea, but it was storming. Let me tell you something, it ain't, it ain't no fun to be out in the midst of water and darkness all around you and winds blowing and the boats rocking. But you know what Bernie Sanders and uh, uh, Bernie Weber, Bernie, God help us if it was Bernie Sanders, they all would have died. Bernie Weber got in that boat and he headed out in the midst of that sea. Lord, forgive me for saying that. 
Oh, Lord. Joe Biden will be canceling our Facebook this week. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen. But Bernie Weber got in that boat, and he headed out in the midst of that sea. It was courage that drove those men into the mouth of that storm. And you know what I was reading not long ago when we were going through all of this stuff? And, oh, just so all of you know, Joe Biden said last week that the pandemic is officially over. Let me remind the church that it's okay for you to go to church now. Everybody on Facebook, it's okay for you to come back to church now. Come on, the cootie bugs are gone. The pandemic's over. It's okay to worship the Lord again now. It's time to come back to the house of God. Let his house be full and let praise and worship go up unto the king tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. It was courage that drove those men out into those waters. Let me tell you something. In the early parts of the 1900s, as the Spanish flu swept across this nation, it was courage that caused the church to go into the hospitals where people were sick. It was the church that caused people to go into the homes of those who were infected and lay their hands on them. And let me tell you something. Many of the people, and listen, I'm not telling you to be unsafe today. I'm not telling you to be ignorant today. If you run a fever, stay home. God bless you. Amen. But it was courage that drove the church in the midst of that pandemic. And many in the church died during those times because they walked by faith and not by sight. Amen. Listen to me tonight, church. It's courage. It's faith. It's the anointing. It's understanding that our God is bigger. That's going to drive us out into the face of this world and face the things that nobody else wants to face. It was courage that drove these men, amen, to the most incredible rescue that the United States Coast Guard has ever experienced in its history. You know why? Because they were called. Because they were called. I wonder what would happen today if the church, and I'm talking about, not talking about this local church body, I'm talking about the entire church. I wonder what would happen if the church would accept the call. Come on. I wonder if people would stop sitting on their hands and holding back their voices. And they would actually start speaking into the lives of the people that they love. They'd stop worrying about offending somebody and upsetting somebody and discouraging. No, 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 sir. Listen, you need to tell them there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. And hell is enlarging herself every single day. Every single day. I wonder what would happen if the church as a whole would accept the call today. These men ran into the face of adversity because they were called to do so. They had taken an oath. And we, my friends, have taken an oath today. We have taken an oath today. We have, we have pledged to give our life to the kingdom of God. We have pledged to go out and to win the lost and compel them and to gather them up to teach them, baptize them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to reach the world with the gospel before it's too late. Let me tell you something. Don't you dare hold your peace. Don't you dare be afraid to tell somebody about Jesus. Don't you dare wonder if they're going to think you're weird or if you're funny or if you're odd. 
Let me tell you something. I was telling a couple, we was having dinner with them. I never had a problem being that odd duck. I never had a problem telling somebody I ain't going to do that because I don't want to do that. You ain't going to push me into it. You ain't going to prod me into it. You ain't going to peer pressure me into it. I'm the type I'm going to take a stand on what I believe. I'm going to stand on conviction. I'm going to stand on conviction. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. I'm going to stand on God's word and what it says because we're the call today. We're the call today and we got to accept the call. Most of us do not realize the urgency of this situation today. And I'm here to remind this body, this ain't no joke. This ain't no joke. People's dying every day. I'm amazed. I am amazed at the people that are dying from drug use in this country. I was watching this week on the news. They captured tons and tons of fentanyl packaged in candy boxes. I'm petrified at what's going to happen come Halloween. People are killing people just for the meanness of it. We are living in the most evil times you've ever seen, you could ever imagine today. You could ever imagine today. We are called to reach this world before it's too late. This is not a joke. This is not a time to play games. This is an urgent matter today. This is a serious deal today. Come on, somebody. This is a big deal today. And it's time for the church to stand up and recognize the urgency of this matter. Come on. We're called to win the lost before it's too late. Sometimes it's hard to imagine what it would be like to be placed in the position of Bernie Weber, take a crew of four young men, be willing to risk your own life, sail into a devastating storm, one that you was probably certain would take your own life. And you can imagine when they learned that the crew of that oil tanker would surely be lost at sea if they didn't board that boat. Sister Twilight, it was an urgent matter. It was a serious matter. People were going to die. I come to tell this church body today, this is an urgent matter. This is a serious matter. People are going to lose their lives. People are going to lose, and more importantly, their souls. When they realized that those people were going to die at sea, it didn't matter what was going to happen to them. They had taken an oath. They had, they had vowed that they would always be ready. Think about that the next time you got plans on a Sunday afternoon and somebody calls you and says, hey, so-and-so really needs somebody to talk to. Think about that the next time you got dinner plans and somebody needs a visitation in the hospital. Think about that the next time you say, well, I'll get to it later. I remember one time I was... Under a pastor, he told a story of a man who had called to want to meet with him. And he said he had already had plans for that evening, so he went on about his plans. And in the morning, he got a phone call that the man had overdosed and died on drugs. He said it was simply the greatest regret of his entire life. Folks, this is no laughing matter. This is no joking matter. This is an urgent matter today. This is a serious matter today. 
Amen. And these men raced. These men drove that boat into the face of that storm because somebody was going to die if they didn't do it. It's easy to see the urgency when you're in the midst of a storm. It's easy to envision these 33 men swimming out in the midst of this ocean, grabbing a hold of boards and grabbing a hold of floats and anything that they can to save their lives. You can, you can imagine in your mind, you can picture, you can draw a mental picture in your mind, and you can envision the urgency of that matter. But how is it so easy for the church to forget the urgency of this matter? How is it so easy for us to forget the urgency of this matter. It's easy to see the urgency when you're out in the midst of the storm. All of a sudden, the mission becomes not just an ordinary task any longer, but now it's an urgent matter. It's easy to do that in the physical. It's it's easy to realize that this is more than just an ordinary task. This is more than just your daily job. This is a rescue mission. Come on, anybody ever went running to a child that had fallen? I remember before Brother Mike passed away, I remember him falling in this church. I remember Sister Lissy rushing to him as a nurse to try to help him, to try to see what was going on with him. Let me tell you something, your adrenaline kicks in, don't it? You realize this is an urgent matter. If we don't tend to this man, he could lose his life. It's easy to realize the urgency of a matter in the physical But you got to train yourself in the spiritual. People's going to lose their souls. People's going to lose their souls. People's going to lose their children. Amen. And we got to transform this mission. Amen. From, from From being looked at as an ordinary job to a rescue mission today. To an urgent mission today. There's something about a rescue that suspends all of your rational thinking. It suspends reason. It suspends common sense. And listen, by faith, through the power of the Holy Ghost Church, we can do the impossible today. We can do the impossible today. I've watched God deliver people I never dreamed in my wildest dreams they would be delivered. Come on, some of them are sitting in this church tonight. Come on, and then I've watched those that I was sure they were going to make it, and they turned around and walked away from God like he never meant nothing to them. Let me tell you something. This is an urgent matter today, and we, by faith, we are empowered by the Holy Ghost to do the supernatural today. Nothing is impossible with God. That's what compels men to run into burning buildings. Come on, urgency. That's what compels men to run into dangerous situations, urgency. Come on. They, you, know, you, know what, you know what compels people to do something dangerous is when they realize that the need is greater than the risk. When you're, when you're worried so much that somebody's going to die and go to a devil's hell, let me tell you something. Your feelings of rejection will get put on the back burner when you realize if I don't take Jesus to them, they're going to lose their soul. They're going to end up in a devil's hell. I got to quit worrying about my hurt feelings. I got to quit worrying about rejection. And I just got to tell them about Jesus today because this is an urgent matter. This is an urgent matter. And the need outweighs the risk today. When it comes to our mission of reaching the lost, we need to realize 
we got to have the same sense of urgency that Bernie Weber and his four-man crew had on that dangerous rescue mission. Come on, I'm just trying to relate something in the physical to the spiritual. I'm trying to help you to see this ain't no game tonight. It's no time for the church to rest easy upon its accomplishments. I got two people to come to church last week. Well, this week you need to get five. I got somebody baptizing Jesus' name last week. This week you need to get ten. It's time for the church to realize the urgency of the matter today. We got to realize that the need outweighs our risk today. So what if you get your feelings hurt? You're never going to be... You're never going to be a part of the outreach team worrying about whether somebody's going to shut a door in your face. Come on. You're never going to be a part of the outreach team worrying about whether somebody's going to tell you to get off of their porch. You got to throw your little hurt feelings out the window. And you got to realize that's a lost soul in there. So what if somebody says something bad about you and they hurt your little feelings? I'm not going back to church anymore because so-and-so said this about me. You better realize they're a soul and they might be lost. And you can't let that get in your way today because the need outweighs the risk tonight. Come on. Bernie Weber and his crew, they understood the urgency of this matter. That's what compels men into action. That's what causes people to do the unthinkable. How many seen on the news last month that young man from Indiana? National news. Boy, he run in and out of that house and rescued all that family. Burns all over his body. He was a pizza delivery man. Driving down the road, sees this house just smoking. You know what he, he said? You know what he could have said? Hey, I got pizzas delivered there on their own. I'm going to get burned up in there. He didn't do that. He realized the need was greater than the risk. He got this, put his car in park. He got open the door and he ran in the house and he started carrying out child after child after child until they all were safe. The need outweighs the risk today. And we got to realize that this is an urgent matter. Your love for that lost soul has to become greater than your fear of rejection. Come on. Come on, Bo. You're going to have friends going to say, no, I'm not one of those holy rollers like you are. Come on. We had a guy I used to work with. He used to make fun of me all the time. He said, man, you need to stop that cartoon cussing all the time. He couldn't stand it that I wouldn't swear in front of him. He, he'd come to me and say, hey, come on, let's go over to Hooters for lunch. I said, man, are you crazy? What do you think my church is going to think about me that here I've been in that Hooters? He said, oh, come on, it ain't going to hurt you. I said, you're nuts. I'm not going in that Hooters. You're going to get rejection. You're going to get made fun of when you realize that the need is greater than your risk. Church, these are the things that compels us to win the lost, understanding the urgency of our day, understanding that people are going to lose their souls. Your love for them has got to become greater than your fear of rejection. The first step of any rescue mission is understanding and being able to see the need. If you can't see the need, if you can't see that people are going to go to hell, If you can't see people as souls, you're never going to have a desire to get to them and to win them to the Lord and to disciple them. 
If you can't see the need, you'll never be compelled to the mission. If that plane had not flown over that second ship, if it had not seen that broken stern, that second crew of men would have been forever lost. They would have died in the sea that day. It's time for the church to get into rescue mode. It's time for the church to get outside of its conventional thinking. It's time for the church to become spiritually minded and to see that the world is full of lost souls. It's time for the church to look beyond our own limitations. It's time for the church to launch out into its mission. It's time for the church to accept the call. It's time for the church to realize today that people are losing their souls. People are dying in a lost condition. And the Lord has called us to reach them. We got to realize how how serious this situation is. We got to realize how urgent this situation is. For the Lord's sake, listen, we just buried a young woman in this church. Barely 40 years old. If that's not enough to wake us up, God help us. If that's not enough for us to smell the coffee, if that's not enough for us to say this is an urgent matter, we don't got time to be playing games. If that's not enough to wake us up today, God help us. God help us today. We need to see the urgency of this matter. If we're going to reach our world, then we got to realize this ain't no small matter. This isn't just our job today. This is, this, this is a rescue attempt. This is what we were called to do. Go ye out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. This is what we were called to do today. But we lose the sense of urgency. This is about the desperate need of every lost soul to find salvation before it's too late. Let me tell you something. If it's your little girl overdosing on drugs, you'd sense the urgency of the matter. If it's your son tormented by alcoholic beverages, you realize the urgency of the matter. Today, the church, and now I'm not talking about this local body, but the church, I feel in my spirit, has lost the urgency of the matter. This is about lost souls. This is about reaching them before it's too late. David, that's why we didn't give up on you all of those times when you say, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. That's why every time we still, when we see you say, you're going to get, you need to come to the Lord. You need to come to church with us. Because we saw the urgency of the matter. We got to help these people find salvation before it's too late. You know what those young heroes ran that boat into the mouth of that storm? You know what caused them to do that was the vision, the mental picture in their mind. of Those 33 men out in the midst of that sea grabbing a hold of anything they could, taken on water, smashed under waves, 
in their mind, I can see those men picturing those men that were out in that sea. God help us today if we don't envision our family members in a lost devil's hell tormented by flames where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth where the fires never quenched and the falling never stopped god help us if we don't envision that today it was that mental picture that they drew in their mind that drove them into the mouth of that sea and caused them to seek to save the lost if we're going to reach our world today we got to realize this is no small matter we got to stop playing games with god and we got to realize people People's going to lose their souls. Those young men envisioned those 33 men out there hanging on for dear life, their lives hanging in the balance. That's what compelled them to take their risk. That's what compelled them to take their risk. And if we're ever going to rise, if we're ever going to rise to answer the call, amen, we got to realize today this is a rescue mission. This ain't just an ordinary job. You don't go witness to the lost. You don't go pray for the sick. You don't go teach a home Bible study because it's your job. You do it because there's a sense of urgency that that person's going to go to hell if you don't help them. If you don't help them get a hold of the Lord. If you don't teach them the plan of salvation. If you don't teach them repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking in a heavenly language. If we don't teach them, they're going to lose their soul. We got to envision these things today. We got to envision these things today. We got to realize this is a rescue mission. Church, we can't afford to hold our peace, we can't afford to be politically correct. Come on, some I might not have liked it all ago when I said something about Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. We ain't got time to be politically correct. This ain't right and left no more. This is right and wrong. This is right and wrong. This is heaven or hell. This is black or white. We don't got time to hold our peace. We got to stand for our convictions. We got to stand for what's right. If, it, if the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. We ain't got time for worrying about hurting people's feelings and offending people. We got to tell people the truth because only the truth can make you free. Only the truth can set you free today. Let me tell you something. I'm not trying to make your journey to hell comfortable. No. I'm not trying to make it comfortable for you to get there. I'm trying to make it uncomfortable. I'm trying to help you see the danger of the direction that you're heading. Sin will send you to hell. And once you're there, there's a great gulf affixed. There ain't no coming back. There's no quenching the fire. There's no returning and saying, I'm sorry. This is the condition we got to visualize people in today. Jesus came. He can save that which is lost. That must remain the mission of the church. God help us. If we're ever comfortable coming in here on a Tuesday night with 60 or 70 or 80 people and say, well, I'm not worried about those people out there that's dying and going to hell. My salvation's secure. God help us. You know what I call that? I call that the great Pentecostal pretend. Come on, that's professional Pentecostalism. When you think your salvation's in line and you ain't worried about nobody else's, you're not called of God and you're not accepting his call to go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in today. Because the Lord seek to save that which was lost in the church today. The evangelism is the heartbeat of the church. 
The winning, the souls of the lost to seek and save that which was lost is the urgency of our hour today. Mark 16. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, not just the ones you like. Not just the ones that are, are, are the... Uh, 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 are the skin color that you like. Not just the ones that are on the right side of the tracks that you like. Come on, not not just the ones that have uh, uh, similar qualities as you. No, every creature. Every creature. I've stood stood on, on, on job sites and had conversations with big burly men with tattoos all over sobbing and crying our eyes out. I don't care where they came from. I don't care what they've been through. God's able to deliver them just like he delivered me. And I realize the urgency of this matter today. And that's to seek and save that which is lost. Seek and save that which is lost. Church, we got to be spirit led today. We got to be spirit led today. We can't be Christian sissies today. We got to have the boldness and the confidence of the Holy Ghost. And you got to go out into the world realizing you have exactly what they need. Come on. Bernie Weber didn't walk out, didn't go out in that boat thinking those men was going to help him. He went out there to help them, Joe. He went out there to help them. We got what the world needs today. And it's time that the church rise up and realize the urgency of this matter today. We got to sail our small boat out into a dangerous sea to reach a people that are quickly perishing. Sister Lou, unless we reach them, they're destined. They're destined to lose their soul. This is an urgent matter. We got to preach Christ everywhere we go. Come on. Everywhere we go. This, is, this isn't just a message for preachers today. I know I got some ministers in this church. I'm not just talking to those ministers today. I'm talking to all of you today. You're the church of the living God. You're the called out ones. You're the ecclesia. You're the called out ones. You're called today to take the gospel to the world. This isn't just for preachers today. We got to be spirit led. We got to pray in the Holy Ghost. We got to seek God for direction. We got to pray for God to open doors. There are people in our families that are getting mixed up in things they shouldn't be getting mixed up in. And we got to pray that God will give us influence with them. Come on. Wick is one of the fastest growing religions in this country. There's hardly any families that are untouched by this religion. Come on. We got to realize today we need to pray that God gives us influence, that God would open doors and God would help us to reach into the lives of these people. We got to pray. We got to pray in the Holy Ghost. We got to allow the Holy Ghost. We got to allow the anointing of God. We got to allow the urgency of the hour to compel us to go out into the highways and the byways. We're, we're pulling people from the fire. You're a spiritual fireman. You're pulling people out of the fire. Yeah, they're burnt, but they'll recover if you get them out of the fire. Yeah, they're injured. Yeah, they're going to need bandages. Yeah, they're going to need love. Yeah, they're going to need some attention. Yeah, they might not be what you want them to be, but we got to get them out of the fire. 
We're pulling people from the face of danger, the one who, who desires to destroy them. Until we realize how urgent our mission is, we're never going to be effective in reaching the lost. Until we get back to seeing this thing as a serious situation. Bernie Weber stepped into that crew room. He asked for volunteers. Who'll go with me? Who'll go with me? This could end really bad. This is really dangerous. This might not go the way we want it to go, but who sees the urgency of this matter and who's willing to realize that the need is greater than the risk? Our text tonight tells about the Lord of the vineyard sending his steward to call for the laborers. I'm asking for volunteers tonight. I'm asking for people to get serious about lost souls. I'm asking for people to see the urgency of this matter. I don't want to see any more people perish because of drug addiction. I don't want to see any more people perish lost. I want to see people make it to heaven. I'm asking you, do you, can, will you, will you go tonight? I'm asking for volunteers. Will you go? Will you face the adversity tonight? Will you be called crazy? Will you be called radical? Will you be called nutso? Will you be called a holy roller? Because you realize that the need is greater than the risk. The need is greater than the risk. These four men answered the call. Let me tell you something. God doesn't call the qualified. We've all heard it said a million times. He qualifies the called. He ain't going to make you what you need to be so he can send you. He's going to send you and teach you along the way. He qualifies the called. He's not looking for the best. He's looking for someone who's willing to sail their ship in the face of 60-foot waves in search of the lost. That's what he's looking for today. He's, will, he's looking for people who's willing to sail their ship into the stormy seas of this life. Come on. My main purpose tonight, church, is to compel you to answer the call. Jason, there's people that you're going to reach that I'm never going to reach. Jasmine, there's friends of yours the Lord has given you influence with. He gave you that influence for a reason. You can take the Lord to them. You can save them from the pits of hell. You can teach them that it's, it's, it's wonderful to live a life in Christ. There's no greater life than a life in Christ. All of us have influence within our own circles. I'm asking you tonight, will you answer the call? Will you reach for the lost? Will you hold on to Calvary with one hand and reach for the lost with the other? Will you face the storm? Stand with me all over this house as the musicians come quickly. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Sister Kaylee, he didn't say, follow me because you are fishers of men. No. He don't use you because you're qualified. He calls you because you're willing. Those four men faced that tumultuous sea, not because they were qualified, not because they knew everything to do right, 
because they saw the need was greater than the risk. They were willing to face the sea. They were willing to take the charge. They were willing to accept the call. Are you willing tonight to accept the call? The Lord will equip you. The Lord will empower you to do supernatural things. I was thinking about Moses today. How that the Lord told him, he said, I want you to go down to Egypt. I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He said, Lord, I don't got plain speech. I can't talk clearly, Lord. Every excuse he could reach for, he was trying to find it. And the Lord said, I didn't call you because you was qualified. I called you because you're willing. And you know what? That call, that call of God lifted an ordinary sheep herder from the backside of a desert, caused him to stand strong in the courtroom of a tyrant with the boldness of the Holy Ghost and say, God said, let my people go. (laughs) And I'm telling you, you don't got to be some great, great preacher or some great, great singer. You don't got to be some great, great prayer warrior. You just got to be willing to go. You just got to be willing to go. The Lord told Moses to go. He went and God used him supernaturally. Not because he had everything figured out, Brother Paul. Not because he was all that in a bag of chips. Not because he was a, a tremendous talker or a great orator. He simply said, God said, let my people go. A fifth grader could say that. Second grader could say that. My two-year-old grandson could probably say that if I taught him for about a week. You don't have to be some great individual. You just got to be willing to go tonight. There's a call going out. The Lord of the vineyard has called for the steward to call for the laborers. To call for the laborers. Will you accept the call? Will you accept the call? Are you ready to give up on the people that you love? Are you ready to fight? Do you see the need greater than the risk? Yeah, some people may reject you. Some people may call you crazy. Some people may laugh at you. They may talk about you. But is the need greater than the risk today? Call for the laborers. I'm calling for the laborers tonight. Would you recognize? Would you come to the realization tonight? People are going to lose their souls if we don't reach into their lives today. I'm calling for the laborers. I wonder if you get out of those seats tonight as we get ready to sing this song to the Lord.